Hey there, this is Anya of Fitness Anya Mind, and I decided to do something new and interesting and a little bit scary, and that is to start a foray into the big wide world of podcasts. Now, there are plenty of times when I have thought to myself, self, I feel like I have something to say today, and there are just as many times when I think to myself, self, go back to bed. Maybe not literally, today was literally. So what I wanted to do was pretty much just have some conversations with you guys. There are a few things that I feel I have some experience with and some things I'm nerdy enough to dig into and people come to me sometimes to talk to me about them. Well, why not put it all together in a podcast where you can come back to it later, share it with your friends, or just not listen to it because it's not relevant to you. The choice is yours. As I said, my name is Anya. I am a virtual nutrition, health, and fitness mentor. I also have a few degrees that work in my favor. I am a strong and faithful God follower. I'm an army brat. I've been divorced twice. That's important because if I do share any anecdotes and talk about a mother-in-law or an ex-husband, it's a 50-50 chance. If you don't really know me, then you don't know who they are. And if you do, it's just up to you to try and guess. And I'm probably not going to tell you if you're right. Probably. Anyway, um, I'm also a dog mom. So there will be times that there will be a snoring puppy in the background. And I only kind of apologize for it because she's a part of my life. So you'll either run to enjoy it or hit fast forward, depending on how the situation goes. Um, what else do you need to know about me? I'm pretty candid. Um, and one thing that plagues me often is that I have a whole host or a slew of invisible illnesses, chronic diseases that sometimes get me down. As a matter of fact, I am recovering from a spinal tap earlier this week and ended up puking in a Goodwill changing room, which was quite frankly the high point of my day because otherwise I was in bed. Although now that I'm recording this, guess what? New high point. Um, okay, so now that you know a little bit about me, and I hope that you'll keep coming back for more podcasts because you'll learn a little bit more, um, I wanted to talk to you today about something that's been on my mind for quite a while, and I'll give you a little backstory as to why. So this topic, if you've read the title, you already know what you were jumping into, kudos to you. Um, the last few years of my this chapter of my life, this is what I would consider titling the dumpster fire. Um, there are a whole lot of things where, you know, if they can go wrong, they are going wrong. And then when you think that there really isn't anything else that can be added and onto the top of this burning heap, oh look, an extra tire to burn. Um, and it's oh so easy for me to sit back and tell myself, this really isn't my fault. I didn't get myself into this situation. I didn't choose this. These things are happening to me and I'm just being swept away in the floodwaters. There are a lot of ways that I can take the responsibility for what I'm going through and try to transfer it on someone or something else. And for a little while, that will definitely make me feel better because I can sit there and say, you know what? It's not my fault that I'm right here and I really should be angry at Mr. So-and-so for the way he took a grand exit from our marriage and I should really be a little 
hurt by the fact that that supervisor didn't want to renew my contract because I couldn't carry out my on-call responsibilities. But all that is doing, and really only for a short time, is making me feel a little bit better about myself at the expense of someone else, but it's also taking away my power, which is the last thing I want. And I had to learn that lesson about regaining my power by not blaming others. Um, and that, that was huge. I'm still learning it, don't get me wrong. I can't sit here and say to you, got it all figured out, nailed it, and that I'm moving on <laughs> to other things in my life I need to fix. No, um, because I still have my days, and I think we all do because we're human. But I wanted to talk to you about a few points in your life where you may want to just go ahead and stop blaming others for your mistakes. I'm going to talk to you about what those mistakes might be and some steps on how you can rid your life of them because you really don't need them. Sound good? Okay. If you're taking notes, I am a nerd and I like to have bullet points and have everything in order. So I will definitely let you know when I'm at the top of a point or you may wanna underline or you may wanna pause and bookmark whatever you're gonna do on your little device. If you're driving, please just keep driving safely. Keep both hands on the wheel. Don't touch your phone. Don't lean over for that snack that's sitting on your chair. All those good things. So that's my caveat there, mm -hmm. be safe. But let's dig into this, shall we? So I really have four things I want to talk to you today um, when it comes to stopping this whole process of blaming others for your mistakes. So let's talk about number one. You choose to act as you do. For a lot of people, they'll sit here and listen to that and they're like, well, no, wait, hold up. Because when I'm at work and there's that person in the cubicle next to me who loves to bring leftover fish for lunch, and then when I'm not at my desk, comes and borrows my pens and then CCs everybody and their mother on emails when it really should just be the two of us and we're sitting right next to each other and we really could just talk this out. But bing, ding, there goes my email because he or she is at it again. And then you discuss with yourself about how you act with that person. He or she frustrated me so much I had to. There was no way around it. It was necessary that I lost all control, what have you. Whether it be that person, a significant other, a pet who pooped on the carpet like mine did today. When it comes to that, you feel like your choice of action, your reaction to life and people and things, you feel like what you do is, is a bit out of your control and that in the same way that there's this cause and effect, something happens and then this is the response to it. I agree with you. There are responses. But what you're allowing to happen in your life is you are allowing there to be a reaction with yet, yeah, which yes, reactions. When you should be choosing a response. A response is intentional. It is measured. It is calculated. And then it is carried out. You can choose. Sometimes I don't think you do because I know that I don't. Now, I was looking for a really good example that most of us can relate to where I could talk to you about basically blaming people and saying that it's 
not your choice. I don't think there's a single one of us who hasn't been privy to an article or um, a report in the news or a blog or a vlog or a tweet or, or whatever. I can't keep up on all these things um, where we've got one generation blaming another generation or feeling a certain way about another generation just because they fit into that cohort. And then they have these broad strokes of an idea saying, oh, well, everyone from that generation is like this, speaks like that, looks at us like this, etc., so on and so forth. Um, one thing that's really interesting to me is that I'm not a millennial. I'm not. And I'm not a boomer. Um, but when you look at some of these relationships, the blame that is thrown across the aisle is quite interesting to me. I was reading um, an article on Inc.com, um, and it was from April 26th. And in this article, they were talking about how millennials blame baby boomers for ruining America. Interesting. Millennials um, blame them for ruining America even before they were born. And I think that's really what amuses me is you're, there are millennials that will sit down, think through this process and say, yeah, man, all this stuff from boomers, even well before they were born, that's what has ruined America. And now here we are as millennials, and it's our job to try and fix everything. Or even if it's not our job to fix it, we now have to deal with it. And we don't like you for that. And so now the reaction to the boomers is a lot of judgment, a lot of thinking that these boomers are sociopaths, a lot of putting off our own responsibility. Well, I can't, there's nothing I can do. I can't stay in a job for 20 years and get a gold watch and have a fancy retirement. My cost of living is so high and things don't equal out. It's just all your fault. And so I have to behave in the way that I do. Don't think that's quite fair. Um, get this. There was a poll that was taken for and mentioned in this Inc.com article. And it said that 51% of the poll respondents between ages 8 and 34 thought politics and actions undertaken by baby boomers had made things worse for America. 51%. But this is what amuses me even more. 30% of boomers agree that they've been a net negative on America. Which side is right when it comes down to tossing blame across the aisles and coming up with this belief that because this person, group, cohort, race, religion, whatever, did something, I have no choice to, but to respond in this way. What? So what? So what? I think that we get so wrapped up in our right, in our our reaction and our response, oftentimes interchanging some of these words when they really shouldn't be, that the, the real question is, so what? What if, what if, just what if, what if boomers really did ruin everything? What if, because of the way they were, the resources that they used, the standards that they set up for living and for being committed to a company and raising families and whether they were liberal or conservative or what have you. What if it's all 
their fault. And we are left with a hot mess, our own earthly form of a dumpster fire. It is all raging downhill. Does it make things easier or better? Does it resolve anything by sitting here and slinging blame? Does it? Do we end up in a better position being able to feel more fulfilled in our relationships, finding the careers that fill us with passion? Does it make us better people? Because we can blame someone, because we can say, I didn't have a choice. This is what I was given and I have to, I have to live in this way because of what I was given. Does that make it better? Does that change anything? Does it put you on a positive road for some solid emotional, mental, psychological, even physical life? Does it do that for you? Because I'm going to hazard a guess that it doesn't. And when I sit here having my pity party for one, watching a streaming something on the laptop, wearing my very comfy pajama pants and snuggling with a warm puppy, when I sit here and say, well, I didn't, I didn't have a choice. I, you know, I couldn't work that job. And so I couldn't have my contract renewed. And so, man, now I can, I can just be angry at that institution and that supervisor and that I had to move. And that's okay. So, but what then? Where does that get me? How does that elevate me? What next steps do I get to take? What dreams can I pursue as I cradle that, that right to react in my arms? It gets me nowhere. And it really doesn't even last that long. So the first thing I wanted to say about stopping this process of blaming others for your mistakes, except the fact that you are choosing to act as you do, and once you've done that, choose to act differently. Choose to respond instead of having some knee-jerk reaction that you're likely going to regret later and is probably going to end up as a meme or fodder for somebody's something on the interwebs. You know it's going to happen. It's out there. Oh, another reason why I thank God daily that I did my high school and college stupid stuff before the internet really kicked itself off. No joke. Um, okay, so let's talk about my second idea here. You can't force blackmail or guilt trips on others to do the things, whatever the things are, whatever they are. I'm going to give you a little story. Story time. Okay. As I said, I'm twice divorced. I'll get into those stories at another time. But I am twice divorced at this point in my life. I think that's really going to be it unless the Lord does some serious miraculous things happening. And I had a mother-in-law that honed her skills on a daily basis in handing out guilt trips. I don't know if she thought it was a fine art. And initially, I wasn't even sure that she understood what she was doing. You know those people that it's just kind of part of their family makeup. It's how they talk and they, they just, they say or do things and you think to yourself, self, what, I, does she know that that's a little manipulative? Is she aware that when she says things in that way that 
It's rubbing people the wrong way. It's people aren't responding to her guilt out of love and affection. People aren't doing what she wants because they're like, oh, I just, I really just want to love on her. They're doing it out of annoyance, maybe a little bit of fear, but definitely guilt. Does she know? So in this situation, the, I, I was engaged to her son at that point. So the future mother-in-law decided, hey, I want to come visit you from out of state because the area where you live is going to be gorgeous this time of year and uh, it'd be great to have a trip, get to know you a little bit better, take some photos. I was all about it. Let's do this thing. Rock on. Um, so she gets there and I go to pick her up from the airport. Our journey begins. Well, we get back to my fairly small apartment. I was working in higher education and my apartment was on campus. Um, so we get back to my apartment and it's the first night and <laughs> and at that moment, getting ready for bed, I'm making up a spot on my comfy couch. I tell her she's got the bedroom and there goes the snoring puppy. See, I told you it would happen. So I get all comfy on the couch. She goes in the bedroom and then she comes back out and she says, well, are you sure you don't want to sleep in your bed? I said, no, no, no. It's all yours. Spread out. Enjoy it. And she says, but I don't think I'm going to be able to sleep. I'm not used to sleeping by myself. Okay. So don't get weird. Don't get weird. As somebody who grew up with two sisters and also who has a lot of female friends, there are plenty of times that we decide that it is slumber party time and it is cool whatever but I didn't know her that well and I also wanted her to be comfortable so I said no 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 bed's all yours it'll be okay and she said well I I don't think I'm gonna be able to sleep is that what you want hmm the wheels were turning and I said you know what um you can't guilt trip me it doesn't work on me. And she looked me square in the eyes and said, why not? In that moment, I knew for certain that there was a whole lot of emotional blackmail, guilt trips, all of this. And I knew that she knew it. Now, of course, if you're anything like me, <laughs> all that means is lay down the gauntlet, challenge accepted. Because I made it my point from then on, I know you know what you're doing and because I know that I'm not going to let you have your way. I'm not going to feel badly about it. And our relationship has now changed. It made it difficult to do nice things for her because the times I felt like doing nice things, I had to reevaluate and say, do I really feel like doing that? Or am I having this weird reaction because of the guilt that I know she knows she's doing? Okay. I'm sorry if that was convoluted, but this is where I'm going with that. You can't force people to do things with blackmail or guilt trips because this is a knife that cuts both ways. In my mind, when I see couples or friends or coworkers, and the only way person A can get person B to do something is by layering on the guilt and blackmail, though they may just may get what they want person b may write that report or send in that thing or stay late or what have you you have damaged that relationship in such a way that perhaps person b will never voluntarily do anything nice for you 
again. Perhaps person B will draw away from person A. Perhaps person B will find ways to set up person A. And perhaps person B will even take a fall knowing full well that they're going to be marked poorly on their eval or get called out in the meeting just so they can make you look bad. There are a million ways this can go wrong because you decided, person A, that it was better to get your way in the moment with manipulation and blackmail. Here's why it's really bad in relationships. Sometimes men and women will say, you know, why don't you just do this nice thing for me out of the blue? Why don't you just get me little gifts um, without me having to tell you? Why do I always have to be the one to make the first move, take the first step? If you've trained that person to do things based on your influence on them, you really will have to sit and wonder for a while is that the only reason why they do the, these things for me? Do I only get love and attention and support and nurturing because the other person has been emotionally pistol whipped so much that they're cowering in a corner and doling out this treatment that I want as a way to stop me from putting them in a negative or hurtful or embarrassing emotional place, look, that is not where I would want any of my relationships to be. I want to know that a person says or does something because they just feel that way about me, right? Okay, so stop blaming others for your mistakes and stop layering on the blackmail or guilt. Number three, one cookie now or three later. I read a couple of studies when I was pursuing my undergrad in psychology at Midwestern State University in Texas. And what we found is that with a lot of children, if they were given the option to have one cookie now or wait 30 minutes and have three later, more often than not, they chose what they could have now. I'll have it in my hand. I will appreciate it. I will understand it. I can hold it. I can smell it. I can taste it. I can touch it. It's mine. I want it now. I think that's what a lot of companies and a lot of social media platforms are banking on is that we want something now rather than being patient, working through the anxiety and getting something more or better later, right? It's this instant gratification action society. That's what we're feeding on, right? So when you make a mistake and you try to say, I did this thing, but I want to blame you because it was time sensitive. Well, I couldn't wait for that report. I already told you when I needed it and you were putting me behind my deadline and the boss was waiting. So I had to X, Y, and Z based on this time. Or I really want to get married. And I have been talking to my fiance about it for two years now and nothing's happening. So I'm going to pop the question. I'm going to ask him or her, however it works out for you. Um, and then that not only like ruffles some emotional feathers in that significant other, but maybe causes embarrassment. Maybe that individual was waiting for um, the better job, the higher salary, the ring that he or she was, was saving up for because it was perfect. And you are going to blame the other person for forcing you to wait 
forcing you to act more quickly, forcing you to take over their role, whatever it is, we do this. And sometimes I don't know why we do it because it just ends so badly, but we are so impatient. We want our cookie in our hand right now. Slow it down, friends, slow it down. And as you slow it down and you make better decisions and you respond instead of these knee jerk reactions to whatever those things are, you'll notice, you will feel that those are the better choice that you've gained so much more from them and that you've won. Okay, so as I've talked about stopping this whole process of blaming others, number one, I said that you, can ch that you are choosing to act as you do and that you can choose a better calculated, evaluated, measured response rather than a knee-jerk reaction. I've also said that you can't force people to or not to do things with blackmail and guilt trips it's a way of blaming people. It's a way of backdooring your emotions. It's a way of destroying relationships. Don't do it. As you stop blaming others for your mistakes, you can realize that that cookie now or those three cookies later, nobody forced you to make that decision. You did that on your own, completely and entirely own it. And if you're in a situation, I will add this as a caveat, if you are in a situation where the one cookie now is what's better, you have thought about it, you've evaluated it, it makes perfect sense, then go for the love of God, grab that Girl Scout Samoa or tag along. I know they changed the names, but I'm going back to my childhood when I used to sell them door to door and also, you know, always ask grandma first because she's going to buy a ton. But either way, if you have evaluated it and that cookie now is indeed the better thing, get that cookie. That probably sounded really dirty and I didn't mean it to be. Okay, so here's one of my last points. I had to check my notes here because I got really excited about Girl Scout cookies. Whew. Um, here's my last point. You don't deserve anything. Nothing. Not a thing. There is not a single thing that you did to deserve the coming together of a sperm and an egg. You didn't deserve anything. You didn't do anything to deserve that first gasp of air out of the womb. You've done nothing to deserve your vision, your tactile ability, your senses, your musical talents, your acumen when it comes to finances, your leadership skills, your poverty. You deserve nothing. Zero. And the sooner we come to understand that, the sooner we will realize that since we deserve nothing, what we get is a gift. What we are able to have and share and experience Every little bit of it is a gift. There is a book that I've read a couple of times, and there aren't many books that are outside of the realm of my undergrad or my master's or things like that. There are very few books that I read more than once, and even fewer that I read more than once. And here's the section that I wanted to share with you today. Only you can take the first step. 
You can choose to give up your demand that life be something that it is not and own it for what it is. Accept that reality and stop protesting it. So it's raining. You can get an umbrella and make a nice day out of it, or you can go out and complain about getting wet. It is up to you. Give up fair and get a life. That was a little bit difficult for me the first time I read it. Not going to lie. And it was even harder for me when I read it most recently after the onslaught of every single possible negative trying challenging issue I was faced day in and day out more recently. You see, when it comes to a time in our lives where we feel like we deserve things based on the effort that we have put into them, based on the sacrifices we've made, based on our belief that bad things shouldn't happen to good people, or feeling like we've already banked some some credit for giving ten dollars to that homeless guy and giving somebody a ride home and baking cookies for the bake sale and all that other stuff we we do those things and we think i don't deserve what is happening to me well we need to remove that thought altogether. it's not a matter of whether or not you deserve it right it's not because you have done nothing to deserve it and you haven't withheld some action or investment to not deserve the something. What it comes down to is life is life and good people have car accidents. So do bad people. Bad people will make a killing in the stock market and so will good people. There is nothing that we can do or say or be that puts us in a position where we deserve anything. But we can be grateful for everything. And we can stop this whole blame game and shuffling of responsibility by paying attention to those things we're grateful for. There was somebody, sorry, puppy feels like her life is so difficult, so heavy sigh in the background. There was somebody that tried to give me some advice a couple of months ago. And just as a very quick overview of what my last 18 months have been like, it went like a second spinal fusion four days after my husband said he was leaving me to losing my job to then losing my apartment to then doing some couch surfing to then having horrible side effects from the surgery and now I have new syndromes and illnesses I'm taking tons of medication a day um, it's making it difficult for me to um, have autonomy and on and on evidence of an aneurysm or a mini stroke most recently and diagnostics and tests and pain and lack of sleep and every single day and someone gave me a bit of advice and I'm going to share it with you. And that advice was wake up every morning and just say those things that you're grateful for. And I, I took a minute, I took a minute and I, I said, 
I'm going to try to digest this thing that she just said as a matter of advice for all of those things I just mentioned as well as more. And I realized that that's crap. It's crap. Being grateful isn't crap. Being grateful is hugely important. But giving someone advice when they're in a really dark place that the most important thing they need to do is wake up first thing in the morning and list things that are grateful is like saying, oh my gosh, you have all these things that are a huge burden on your life. Just smile. Wow, you just got in a car wreck. Just make sure you polish the bumper. Wow, your house was taken up in these raging forest fires. But make sure you send your holiday cards. I mean, it's it didn't add up. And at first, it made me really angry. And my knee-jerk, knee-jerk reaction was to say, well, that's stupid and I don't have anything to be grateful for. And I think it was because I felt I deserved better than the position in which I found myself. Don't give trite advice to people in your life. Don't do it. Don't just spew out some type of cutesy poster with a puppy and a basket and flowers type of advice or mantras for people that are struggling and hurting and feeling as though they are falling down some terribly deep well with no end in sight and maybe even embracing the idea of ending it. Don't do that. But do remind them that they have things to be grateful for, that you are grateful for them, that you can be a light in their life. Remind them that no, they didn't deserve to have these things happen to them. And yes, you really hope that things start shining again and heading in that upward direction. But don't make it seem that the band-aid, the balm, the antibiotic for their situation is to just be grateful. Now, as somebody who is working through this step of gratefulness, I can tell you that one of the things, if not the only thing, that is helping me hang on to that gratefulness is my relationship with God. It's not always easy. And sometimes he's silent. And sometimes my instruction is to wait or no. Even though a no right now usually leads to an amazing yes later. But I need to focus on content that reminds me that I am undeserving. I'm undeserving of the bad or the good. But I'm a child of the Most High. And there are things that I can be grateful for even in my storm. Uh, I was reading Psalm chapter 9 verse 1 and it says I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart I will recount all of your wonderful deeds and yes for me sometimes it takes me a lot longer to dig deep and find a list of 10 wonderful deeds but I find them and I stop listing them in such a way 
as though I do or do not deserve them. I take them as they are. In Colossians 3, 15 through 17, it says, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you are called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him in everything you do. Now look, I didn't deserve the crazy reaction that I'm having from this final tap a few days ago. Don't deserve it. But I also don't deserve the comfort and the generosity of my parents who made me dinner and took my puppy out for walks. I don't deserve that either. And when I stop blaming life and weather and health and friends and banks and taxes, when I stop blaming everyone else for that because I don't deserve it, I can embrace what I have because I don't deserve it. Does that make sense? I know it was one of those like, if not weird equations, it's not, it's not too negative. It's making a positive. The one thing is that we don't deserve it. Anything good or bad. Be grateful. Be grateful. All right. So those are really the four things I wanted to talk to you about today. They're things that have been on my heart because life isn't easy. It's an, it's just not, there was no training that we got that really prepared us for adulting. I don't even, we didn't know. We just didn't. But as we go and as we learn, as we grow, we should be taking these lessons to heart and sharing them with people we care about. So here's the thing. Once you decide to place blame on hold, and once you decide to find your true north, you can set off on an amazing journey. But here's the thing. Your true north, what you pick, what you choose, is going to take it's going to make all the difference because you get to choose your north. And this is what I mean. Your journey can keep you anchored to this current spot requiring some imagined retribution, some imagined reparations. If you sit there and think to yourself, my true north is truly that none of this stuff is my fault. It keeps happening to me. It is outside of my control. The way I react to it is not my fault. And you are going to anchor yourself to some point, kind of like a ball and chain. You'll be able to take about two or three steps away from it. And you'll be right back where you were because you never really left. And that is a lonely and stressful anxiety-ridden place to be where I guarantee you most of your friends and family are going to pull away because they don't want to be part of that toxic environment. That's one choice. You may find yourself going out and coming back like a boomerang to and from a landmark. Because if you feel like you're due something you're going to try with all your might to get what you're due, which means that you can't leave that landmark too far behind you 
you always need to see it or come back to it and make sure it's still there. And maybe you were dropped up, somebody dropped off a care package of what you were due. So you got to keep checking for it. You got to keep looking at it. And once again, there are only so many people in your life that are wanna, going to want to keep making that journey with you. Eventually it gets boring and tiresome and stressful for them too. Do you want to be anchored to the spot? Do you want this place of blame to be your landmark? How about you learn to delay some gratification and savor the view from the summit, right? If you've ever gone hiking or just taken a, a nice walk outside, you might realize that where you're heading, where your end result is, is such a beautiful place. You can take all kinds of mad selfies. You don't even need filters today. Get it. But if you decided halfway up that that was enough, you missed the summit. And if you decided not even to take that walk today, you missed all of it. So the more we delay that gratification, the more your Instagram is going to be so amazing. The more you're going to have that photo that you blow up, you know, like Ikea style, and it takes up a whole wall. And it's a conversation piece because when the friends come over and be like, oh my gosh, did you take that? Oh my gosh, I totally did. It was the greatest trip ever. And then the thing and the stuffs, right? But that summit is only there for those of us that delay our gratification, stop blaming the world for the fact that the trail was hard, that you couldn't find your shoes, that you left your, your water, whatever. No, get there. Delay that gratification. What about your true north? you let go of this false idea that you have any standing or authority to deserve or not deserve anything but to just be grateful for it all that's an option it's your option and you can choose it you can choose to stop blaming others for your mistakes for where you are in your life right now and for where you're going and find that true north and start that journey. I hope you will. I really do. Now, if you're in need of a little more inspiration or you want to talk to somebody about inviting Christ into your life, into your heart, hit me up. If you want to uh, talk a little bit more about my one of my favorite books, It's Not My Fault, by Dr. Henry Cloud and Dr. John Townsend. I would be totally down for that conversation, and I would be happy to share other books that have really spoken to me in this arena. And if you're like me, and music really speaks to your soul, it helps you feel things that you just have never felt before, or singing in the words reminds you of what you're grateful for, I've got a great recommendation for you. There's this song called Shoulders, and it is by a band called Four King and Country. Take a few minutes, check it out, listen to it, and if you're ready, sing that bad boy at the top of your lungs. That's all I have for you today. I'm really excited that you came and listened to me, you know, just ramble on in the room, trying to keep the dog from snoring too loudly. It was great. Um, I'll have a lot more to share with you soon. So, Make sure that you favorite this. That would be so cool. And that you come back later. And I don't know. Here's some more of my thoughts on the world and life. How I've struggled. How I've worked my way through it. How I would love to help you do the same. And then pass it on. Share the stuff with your friends. 
Have a wonderful rest of your day. Be safe. Take care of yourself. And come back. Chat with you soon. Bye, lovelies. Thank you.